Hello, and welcome to Soarin' Lit, a Southern Renaissance literary journal showcasing women, femme-identifying, and or non-binary writers exploring the lingering South. I am your host and Soren Lit founding editor, Melody J. Rogers. This podcast is an exquisite extension of our literary journal located at www.sorenlit.com. If you would like to make a donation to support our literary movement and help us keep the lights on, please donate to our PayPal. You can find us on PayPal by searching S-O-R-E-N-L-I-T, the number four, W-O-M-E-N at gmail.com. And that is S-O-R-E-N-L-I-T, the number four, W-O-M-E-N at gmail.com, or simply click the donate tab on our website and it'll take you right to the site. All right, so let's get into this, shall we? Today, we have the pleasure of meeting Elliot Udo. Elliot Udo is 14 and attends the Webb School in Bell Buckle, Tennessee. Elliot is a driven individual with a passion for social justice who strives to change the world through a combination of compassion and curiosity through the lens of their most authentic self. Elliot has been named an Atlanta Youth Poet Laureate Ambassador for 2021 and hopes to publish a chapbook in the near future. Let's go ahead and give a warm welcome to Elliot. Hi, Elliot. Hi. <laughs> so glad that you could meet us on this weather, uh, wonderful morning. <laughs> thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. So let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, tell us about your connections to the South. Honestly, um, living in the Bible Belt is an, an experience for sure. Um, my family is actually Nigerian, and so I'm the first person in my family to be born here. And we all moved to Georgia, and uh, Georgia, <laughs> Georgia, <laughs> Georgia is an interesting place for sure. Um, specifically, Atlanta. It's like a tiny LA. Um, in truth, but definitely discovering my voice as a non-binary writer in the the Bible Belt South has just been an experience for sure. And then now that I go to school in Tennessee in Bell Buckle, the buckle of the Bible Belt, I am even, I've added even more of a challenge because I'm like, I'm not really using my pronouns. I'm just like, please, I'm trying to appear as country and American and quite frankly, as white as possible. So definitely learning to assimilate to Southern culture and that kind of Southern hospitality, but also pre-Civil War era kind of energy that still covers the South is as as a non-binary writer and as a non-fem identifying teenager is it's definitely a wild ride. I bet. Oh, I bet. When did you know you wanted to get into the writing space and what was the first work you shared in public? I actually did know I wanted to be a writer. My mom is a writer and as an African, you know, you only have a couple, you have, we only have a couple of choices when it comes to your career path. You're either going to be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer and there's no 
nothing in between. And so the idea of being a writer has never even been in my career path choice. But um, she she forced me to write this poem for Black History Month that was about important Black figures. And, you know, looking back, the poem was better than I give myself credit for. But I performed it at a local Jamaican cafe and the response was, I'm not sure if it was because the poem was like, okay, I don't think it was that great. I was like six or seven. I'm pretty sure it was more like a, oh, look at this baby performing this kind of sucky poem. But you know what? My six-year-old self interpreted that as I am a great writer. And from there, my writing journey began. <laughs> I love that story completely. Um, tell me about your influences. Your poetry, writing, creative, all of it. Definitely just my life, um, the things I experience, the things I see and hear, and the people I'm around definitely are big influences in my writing. I try to write about the things I experience at school or at home or in my neighborhood, just things I notice. Like um, the Black Barbie poem actually came because I realized how people would treat me outside of the walls of my little private school. like the world was completely different. And so things like that definitely influenced my writing because I want to share experiences that might be shared experiences with other Black children. Wonderful. When, um, when you're creating your work, your poetry, what is your biggest fear that comes up or obstacle, if any? Well, my biggest obstacle is the fact that in the middle of drinking my tea, I will lose my mind and suddenly stop writing. Like, nothing will make sense anymore. I'll lose my creative flow. I'll get writer's block and I'll just have to quit. And I'll feel like, you know, I'm an inadequate writer. And I think that's my biggest fear that in the world of these writing spaces, and you know, so many people that are excellent writers, it's like, how can you compare to that, especially at my age? And I'm looking at people who you featured, like Anika. Um, hearing her poems at the competition like I was just so blown away because she's such a beautiful writer and so I know that I have a long way to go in terms of my writing growth but it's definitely a little difficult not to compare yourself to other writers and wonder if you'll ever amount to where they are Mm, definitely that was I I agree with that you know the the idea of comparing yourself um as a creative to other creatives uh specifically writers is is something that <laughs> unfortunately we can't avoid sometimes um but i love you know for myself you know i love kind of drawing back and um and asking myself you know what am, what is what makes this unique what makes this particular project unique um what is what is the voice um or who is this person you know is it me is it this other character that i'm you know creating within this um this poem this poetic platform you know and you know focusing on that as simple as it is helps me realize that you know everybody has something contribute has something to contribute especially based on um you know the lens that we look at and our frame of references and stuff like that um yeah uh let's see what about uh, you said we talked about influences and everything like that. Um, tell us, let's talk about Black Barbie. Yeah, we we love. We're first off when I heard it, um, I uh, was a part of the um, 
the uh, Atlanta Youth Poet Laureate uh, competition where I heard you uh, recite Black Barbie for the first time, you know, for me, for me. And it was, it blew me away. (laughs) Absolutely blew me away. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, let's go into it now. Let's, uh, why don't you go ahead and share that poem because we're so excited about it. Um, Go ahead and share your poem, The Stage is Yours, and then we'll talk more about it in a little bit. Thank you. Cool. Black Barbie. Well, first, can you hear me well? Yes, sorry, I just swallowed a sip of tea. Absolutely. (laughs) Black Barbie. America, we know how much you love your toys. From the makers of American Girl Doll and Barbie, Mattel is so excited to present our brand new Black Barbie. And you can have your very own right now. She comes in six different shades and four different body types with our brand new extra grown model. She's 14 going on 40 and nothing but a toy. Pretty brown plastic in a box. Feel free to manipulate and mold her to your liking. We'll include two extra bundles of weave, the inability to speak proper English, questionable intelligence, and a bad attitude. On our limited edition dolls, if you press the button on her left hand, our brand new angry black girl mode is activated. Good luck! Our custom, our custom voice box comes with extra ratchet, the ghetto vernacular dripping off every word she speaks. Feel free to copy her funny made-up language. It's only ghetto when she does it anyway. If you call right now, we'll include some extra special daddy issues, guaranteed to wreak plenty of havoc on all her male friends and teachers. Lily S. from Connecticut writes, I love my doll. She's so loud and exotic and crazy. Karen G. from Kansas describes her doll as very different. America, you're going to love her, guaranteed. And for just three small payments of $19.99, we'll double the offer. Text capital G-H-E-T-T-O to 443886. Buy Black Girl is responsible for the content of this advertisement. Call today. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was great. Oh, great job. Oh, my God. Love it, love it, love it. So take us through about Black Barbie. What inspired you to write that particular piece? I just realized how people would look at me when I was in spaces where I wasn't dressed in the way that Black women are forced to look just to be accepted in society. You know, if you're not wearing slats and beautiful clothes and your hair isn't in a business casual style, like a bun and it's not braids, then you're looked down upon. You know, when I wasn't in my dress uniform with a button down Oxford and a tie and a sweater vest and I was in jeans, my hair was in braids and a ponytail, I was looked at like something to fear and like something that had to be watched when I would walk into environments. And that kind of sparked my interest in writing a poem about what it feels like to be a black girl in America right now. Absolutely. Um, Are you uh, working on any um, particular, I know you, I know writers write and I know you're in school. Um, Are you working on a collection anytime soon or what are we? I am actually, I just started my podcast called Everyday Analysis. Yes. And I've launched, my first episode will come out August 25th, which is super exciting. And right now. Yes. Right now I'm actually season two of Everyday Analysis is actually going to be a poetry collection. So I'm very excited about that. Oh, I'm loving that. Um, Make sure that uh, you email me all the links so I can go ahead and um, put this with the uh, publication as well um, underneath your bio. 
on, the, on our website so that our readers can um, follow you and listen and ride your coattails because I am so for um, an Elliot produced podcast. <laughs> I want to see uh, what that's going to be about and, and definitely, you know, uh, getting a, um, you know, being able to read uh, a collection from you. It's going to be amazing. I think you are just just multi-talented on so many different levels, and I just cannot wait to watch you grow. And um, and yeah, here at Sir and Lit, we um, don't like to say actually uh, actually I was going to say my little closing thing, but wait, where can I, our readers find you on social media so that we can um, keep tabs on you? Yes, so I have a page specifically for my blog and all of my writing, and it's at train ot underscore at ins on Instagram. Um, and my website is www.trainofthought.wixsite.com backslash train ot. So that's where you can kind of keep up with me all for right now. I'll be sure to email you the Spotify link for the podcast, but I make sure I'm everywhere because I want others to feel appreciated and seen with my work. Absolutely. And we appreciate it. And, um, you know, you're such um, a talented writer and yeah, we can't wait to watch you grow. And we don't like to say goodbye. We're going to go ahead and finish my little closing. We don't want to say goodbye um, because we know that you have big things coming up in the future and we would love for you to come back at some point um to read some more and talk more about um the ever-changing uh south <laughs> and if any changes have come about <laughs> since then. definitely sound good awesome yes All right. wonderful wonderful well thank you so much for um again this generous offering of poetry today and uh, telling us about your connections to the south and um and yeah we'll see we'll see you soon all right thank you thank you have a great day you too thank you for having me